1: And don't forget that All Bodies really means all bodies, not just larger bodies, but bodies of all sizes, ages, races, abilities, genders, sexualities, and beyond. Come along for the ride. Hey! Hi, everybody. You're back. And Maggie. Oh. With All Bodies on Bikes. Hey. Huzzah! This is a podcast where all bodies are good bodies, all bikes are good bikes, and all rides should be celebrated. So come along for the ride. I'm really excited to be here today. I'm
0: fighting a little bit of a migraine, so I might be a little quieter than usual, Um, but that's okay because Maggie is going to lead us with this week's guest who I'm really excited to chat with. I don't know a whole lot about her, just have the bio sheet in front of me and some questions. So I'm really excited to learn along uh, as our audience does. Um, so let's get into it. Welcome to the show, Lita. Thank you. It's I'm very happy to be here. Thank you for the invitation.
1: Absolutely. Uh, I'm I'm going to give you a, a glowing introduction that you sent to us, but I'm gonna I'm gonna take credit for it. Um, so this <laughs> is Lita. You've already heard her voice. Uh, in 2019, she was certified by the League of American Bicyclists as a League Cycling Instructor, uh, or LCI. Uh, and as an LCI, she is able to share her love of cycling by teaching Learn to Ride, Smart Cycling, and some other cycling classes as topics to children and adults, which is super cool. Uh, Lita is also certified by the League of American Bicyclists as a league cycling coach. And she's able to lead LCI seminars as the league's first African-American female coach. Yes. Lita hopes to focus on working with people from diverse and underserved communities. Um, She is turning her time and talents also to serving her community. She currently volunteers as a coach for the Survivor Speak program, as well as a presenter and speaker for the Safe Student Initiative of Jane Doe No More. And Jane Doe No More is dedicated to empowering survivors survivors of sexual crimes to find their voice, advance their healing and educate others. So basically Lita's just doing all the things all the time. And today we're going to talk mostly about bikes. Lita, how are you doing today? I am well, thank you. I hope you Good. are too. Yes, I can't complain. I could, but it'd be a waste of time. Uh, well, we're just going to get started talking about bikes. Lita, how did you first get into cycling? What's your history with the bicycle? Very interesting. As a child, of course, I had the bicycle and I
2: grew up in a town, Norwalk, Connecticut. And I was allowed to ride my bike during the day, always with friends and my siblings, brother and sister. And we could ride anywhere between Route 1 and Route 123. So that meant we could ride throughout Norwalk, North Norwalk, New Canaan, Stamford, North Stamford, Darien, and we would be gone all day and Fantastic. it would probably be once a week, twice a week we'd go on our little mini excursions. What and there were trips to nowhere. And that worked out well until I turned 16 and had to get a job. So then went the bicycle. Yeah. So I started as an adult doing other things of course, kids, family, life gets in the way, comes at you really fast sometimes. Mm-hmm. But I started rollerblading as a way for exercise. Okay. And uh, we moved from the, the town where we were living, which had easy access to a trail, to a place where it wasn't easy. So we got a bicycle. I got a bicycle. It was a birthday gift, thinking, okay, I'll ride this. Mm, no, no. Mm-mm. <laughs> and it sat in the garage for years and years, looking very sorry. One day I decided, I'm just going to take this out and start riding it, had it completely refurbished, and the rest is history. And I realized that one, I'm older. I don't bounce as easily, you know, when I hit the pavement. Sure. Um, I don't bend as easily. And traffic was faster. I don't, you know, it was so different as an adult. So um, I had a friend who was cycling with me and she talked me into taking a smart cycling class. And then I realized, oh, my God, there's folks say I know how to ride a bike. Oh, riding a bike. Oh, anybody can ride a bike. Well, there's a way to ride a bike properly. There's a way to brake properly properly position yourself in traffic properly and learning that I realized I could teach others that and so in order to do that had to become an LCI
1: yeah
2: and uh did that and loved it and I I just enjoy teaching I enjoy watching adults and I think they're more fun than the kids when they get their pedals on you know they're learning oh, yeah. to ride and then they get it and then they take off and they, you know, come back around in that loop and they're smiling ear to ear and they're just exuding happiness and joy and, you know, elation, you know, all those yeah. wonderful things. So I thought it, it, it's got to continue. right? And then why not become a coach? Because um, I could train trainers and we could go into different communities. Yeah. So that's, that's how it happened.
0: That's that's how it happened. Is that your full-time job now is um, coaching people on bicycles and teaching the seminars? I would not say it's a full-time job.
2: It's it, when it happens, it happens. Um, I, I, I am retired. I don't, I don't work. I spend a lot of time volunteering. So it's one of the things I do. So I just, I just fit in it. It's the most fun. It sounds
0: so joyful and just like directly making a difference to people. Uh, How many folks do you think you've taught how to ride?
2: Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. I'm probably thinking maybe in the last year, 15, 20 people. Wow. And children, um, men, women, you know, children, of course. And, uh, new riders who maybe rode years and years ago and it's the first time on their bike so they're basically learning all over again so yeah
1: just a little bit of everybody yes that's so fantastic so the smart cycling what would you say is the most surprising like when you went through that the first time learning how to be like a responsible cyclist I think I'm going to call it Um, What was the most surprising thing that you learned in that class that you wish more cyclists knew? How to
2: be safe. Mm. You know, you you don't think of that. Um, of course, no one wants to be hit by a car or to have a crash. Sure. But there are things that one could do to avoid that situation and, and knowing how to deal with a situation that comes up is key as opposed to flying by the smart of your pants Mm -hmm. or the seat of your pants. And so how to change lanes, when is it safe to change lanes? And and there is a safe way to do it, you know, responsibly. And then if all else fails, there's no shame in becoming a pedestrian, you know, to cross that parking lot. So that was something that I stress in all the classes that I teach. You know, one can ride anywhere, whether it's gravel, whether it's, you know, road, whether it's trails, you know, bike to trail trails, rail trails, you can ride anywhere. It's just how do you ride safely? Yeah,
1: I've become a big supporter recently getting into mountain biking. I'll come to something and I'll stop and I'll be like, I could get through this. I'm going to walk it. But I think too quickly, we we it's too easy to be like, I'm on a bike, I have to ride it. And no, I I'm, I'm with you. Sometimes it's the best choice for your safety to get off and and walk through the intersection or across the parking lot.
0: That's Yeah, that's especially if it's like, you know, a tricky intersection where you're not quite sure who's going where, sometimes it is just easiest to become a pedestrian and to to walk it. Um although it it's not nearly as much fun. Um I don't know, I recently learned about Dutch turns where you can, you know, turn right if you're going left, you can turn right first and then position mm-hmm. yourself to go across the intersection. Um and I think you know you're doing you're doing some really really important work. I think as more and more folks transition to bicycles, um they might have only rode them for recreation and not thought about, you know, what does it mean to change lanes? How do I look over my shoulder while I'm still going forwards? Um and I it's been on my to-do list forever to take the LCI course. Um and I really really should, especially with how many group rides I lead. Um do you have any funny stories from uh a, a class that either you took or that you taught that you could share without you know jeopardizing oh, anybody's well, privacy. Well, maybe
2: not funny, but eye opening to me. I sure. can remember teaching a gearing class, and uh, the whole object was to have the students get familiar with their gears, how they work. I you would be surprised how many people have no idea what these gears do, and they spend their life riding in one gear or two gears because it makes a noise when it shifts and. Therefore, they think they're hurting their bike and don't use it. Long and the short, um, I remember sitting under a tree waiting for the class to start and waiting for this, you know, watching the students arrive. And when it was time to start, I stood up and introduced myself and said, I am going to be your fearless leader and we are going for, you know, a ride and this is what we're going to do to get up that mountain. And uh, one of the ladies looked at me and she said, Are you our instructor? And I said, Yeah, I am. She says, well, I'll be. I never thought I'd have an instructor that looked like me. And I thought, that's powerful. Mm -hmm. You know, this Black woman wanting to learn how to get better skills, wanting to learn more about her bicycle, how to ride it, and never envisioned that there would be another rider that looked like her teaching. I mean, there were writers that looked like, but teaching. And I thought, wow, the message is as powerful as the messenger sometimes, mm-hmm. if not more so. And so that made me think, if she's thinking that, I, there are so many kids in, in schools. And with one of the schools we're working with in inner city, New Haven, it's a, um, a magnet school. All of the children are black. Well, most of the children are black and brown children. And there are two cohorts that we worked with um, had learned to ride students in it and students that could ride, but had no idea about drills and skills. How to, you know, avoid hazards, how to avoid potholes, rocks, how to make quick turns, you know, to avoid a crash. Um, So it was just amazing to have these students very comfortable, Um, something so simple as you know fitting a young lady you know who's got a head full of these beautiful braids you know this wonderful style how to fit a helmet on her where you know she's she's sometimes marginalized or told no you can't do that you, you'll you'll mess up your braids or you'll do no you can there's a way to do it and you know preserve you know what you have you know you know definitely
0: I know that's a huge challenge for folks. I actually hear from people often because we're often working on bigger size clothing, but a lot of folks who have, you know, locks or braids will reach out and ask if I have any recommendations. Um, Thankfully, I was able to connect some folks with REI who's working on some research, but do you have any tips that you could just give folks who might be listening now?
2: Well, that's a
0: whole different, you know, hair management for, you know, black
2: women and women of many women of color and one acknowledging and embracing it is a first and foremost. And yes. so um, I'm a big fan of putting down either a cap or a scarf or a bandana to protect the edges. And, you know, it's, we all know what that means, but um, it's a way to, to do that and to make sure your helmet is, you know, secure on your head. So, um, I think it's just important to just figure out what works and you know, it's okay to have what I call bike head, you know, it's, it's totally okay. And it's not the end all and be all. Um, if I'm have going someplace where I want to be presentable when all is said and done, then I make sure I have my, you know, cap or my, you know, scarf that I wrap up in first, put my helmet on and do my thing. And, um, Sometimes, you know, I might pin curl or just, you know, roll my you know hair, you know, around my fingers or something and just keep it in place so that when the scarf comes off, at least I'm not, you know, a total wild woman, just a wild woman, but (laughs) it is what it is and I can't change it. So just embrace it
0: and go forward. Thank you. That is great advice and not a subject that I know a lot about, but I would something I would love to learn more about for sure. So thank Mm. you.
1: You're welcome. Well, I just forgot the English language, which is great because that's what we're here for. Uh, Let's try that again. Um, The couple of classes that you mentioned specifically are the Learn to Ride and the Smart Cycling. Talked about Smart Cycling. Learn to Ride. Are we just teaching people to ride bikes?
2: The Learn to Ride is basically for someone who has never ridden a bicycle. Okay. So what we do is we have bikes that have been donated to our organization and we um, take the pedals off and then we put them on a slight hill and we send them down the hill. And you know the hill will always level off. We have places that we've chosen specifically for this so they can yeah. level off. And the whole purpose is to get them to balance on the bike. Sure. And the, of course the seat is lowered so they can put their feet on the ground at any time. And then we have them push themselves along what we call a push, push, glide with their feet up. So eventually they get the feel of riding their bicycles and then they have to push down this hill and then turn the wheel. So they learn how to turn. We put the pedals on and within an hour, hour and a half, they're riding and it, it may not be pretty, but they're riding. And that is the moment of joy. You know, they they're, they're so shocked that they you know managed it and they've gotten their pedals on and they've ridden they just forget themselves and then they tend to either topple or they have to do it again over and over and over again because they're just so excited and then to say you know there's there's more than this going down this little hill you know we can we can we can now go places but it's just the joy you know of of watching them I can't stress that enough
0: you could, I can hear the joy in your voice. Yeah. Um. And I think about, you know, the, the children that I've seen learn to ride a bike and then just extrapolating that out to adults. Um. I think what you're doing is so fantastic. Um. How do folks get hooked up with your organization? Which, which organization? I don't know. You tell me. Uh- <laughs> oh, okay. Well, I guess when you're, if, if I'm a somebody in your community and I'm like, Ooh, Lita was talking about learning how to ride a bike, what would I do? Okay. So the local um, organization I'm with is
2: the New Haven Coalition for Active Transportation. So that's ncat-ct.org.
0: ncat-ct.org. And we'll have a link to that in the show notes.
2: And that's uh, oh, thank you. So that's our organization. And that's our local advocacy group. And from there, we schedule LCI seminars and smart cycling classes and other classes that are not necessarily the smart cycling curriculum, but uh, we might offer how to ride in groups, we might offer, um, you know, how to choose a bicycle, they're all segments of the smart cycling program, but we break it into bite sized pieces. Um, the League of American Bikes, Bicy- bicyclist is um dot You know on the internet as well, and I'm sure you've had links to them before. And they have a whole um, uh, find a class section, and they talk about the classes that they can teach for smart cycling and how to find a class. You know in your state. Um, so those are all um, two great organizations to reach out to.
0: Thank you. Um, And for folks who don't know, the League of American Bicyclists is actually part of the All Bodies on Bikes origin story. Um, Back in 2020, uh, Kaylee and I, this is Marley talking, we were supposed to go to the National Summit. They do a big summit every year where they do advocacy and lobbying. And the League is actually a really powerful organization for um, advancing the state of bicycling across the United States. Um, Anyway. COVID happened. And so we did not go to Washington, DC for the summit, but we ended up presenting virtually, um, which was totally a hidden blessing because so many people who wouldn't have normally been at our presentation were able to join virtually. And that really kind of set the stage for all the work we're doing now. Um, So the league is a very, very good resource, especially if you're interested in advocacy or, you know, teaching other folks to ride or, you know, perhaps getting your league certified instructor certificate.
2: Right. It's great for advocacy organizations or organizations such as yours, you know, you're conducting rides, you're educating others about how to ride with, you know, whatever circumstance and where you are, you're meeting your riders where you are. And that is so important and so key, you know, that's that's what we're here for, or that's what I believe we're here for. And, you know, we're all in this game together to have a good ride. Exactly. And to be safe like it. and and to be safe um so i think it, you know it's so important you know to to do that um i've been on rides and then this is not now a tangent If you know i'm in a tangent i won't but i've been on rides where it has been willy-nilly stop sign what stop sign you, you know turn what what pedestrians they're in our way and that is not a ride i'm comfortable being on and i have um sadly, to, sad to say, had to leave a ride or two because I just, I, just, I can't ride that way. I, I can't. I, it's just not safe and it just sets a bad tone. And, and as it is, um, you know, we don't have enough education when it comes to drivers. If you look at yeah. most of the state um, motor manuals, bicyclists get a page, half a page, yeah. Maybe one question on the on the test, and that's it. so there's not a whole lot to be known by a driver, so why should we as cyclists in a group go out there and behave badly? We shouldn't or yeah. not be safe.
1: yeah that's a great point that's i've I've been on a couple of rides as well, where I'm like, this is why people in cars hate us. Mm-hmm. This is why they say the things that they say. It's not an excuse for them to do the things that they do, but also um let's just not. <laughs> so, yeah, that's definitely something that we could work on um, as yeah. a as a group of people. Man. I'm glad you're here. Uh. So what else would you like to know? <laughs> Ask away. Ask away. Ask all the things. Well, I one thing I definitely want to know. Is I'm sure there are so many people that have a very specific meaning for themselves to have the first, um, finally, have the first African American female coach with the League of American Bicyclists. But for you specifically, what does that mean? What does that mean for you?
2: It's just amazing that it's 2023. Yeah. That's the first thing. Um, And of course, the league does have a history, you know, where it was at one point. exclusive or not inclusive yeah i guess is the is the word and it wasn't until the 70s that that caveat was removed from their bylaws so to open the door and they were doing all the work trying to be inclusive and 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 it it just wasn't formal so it is i'm glad to see it is formal you know yeah. now but to me it's just it's 2023, and what took so long? And yeah. it's just a matter of the, the perception and perceived barriers of entry, you know, to a sport or any sport. So I mean, there is this the 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 mindset that a cyclist has to be all kitted up and coordinated, and you know, the they, they're the skinny minis and spandex, you know, <laughs> zipping along, and that's not how many people, especially inner city people of color, they don't identify themselves, you know, that way. I mean, shucks, their bicycle is, you know, held together with this fender here and this piece here and, and this and helmet, what helmet? And, yep. um, and lights, if they're, you know, going back and forth and this is their only transportation and to their only job and the job is minimum wage at best, you know, they're not going to be kitted up. They're, they're writing for their survival. They're writing, you know, for their livelihood. It's a lot different than, than writing. So how do we reach those writers who are writing for their livelihood, who could do it better, who could, you know, be safer on the road, who could learn about, you know, how to be reflective, you know, how to be more visible at night. So that they're, because many are riding home in the, in the night, you know, they're done their shift 11 o'clock
0: and they're out there, you know, riding along, doing yeah. their thing. Yeah. I, I used to do a lot of transportation advocacy in Seattle. And that was one thing that we always try to keep in mind. And we use the term invisible cyclists, which I don't necessarily love, um, but it is, it's often the people that we don't see riding the bikes because they are going to work early in the morning or late at night. Um, And they deserve just as much protection um, from good infrastructure and respect from the rest of us. Um, Because like you said, Lita, a couple minutes ago, we're all just trying to have a good ride. Um, So really appreciate the advocacy that you're doing. And I think all of us can take a page out of your book to support our own communities, whether that's through volunteering Mm -hmm. or donating money, um, if that's the position you happen to be in. what? there's so many ways to get involved. So there there
2: are many ways I can remember being at a community meeting in, in new Haven and um, where this meeting was literally is a block and a half. If that from the Farmington canal, you know, Mm. or the East coast greenway, Okay. literally that runs 20 miles between new Haven and Southington nonstop. So you don't, you just have to cross a few streets, but you're on a, rail trail that long yeah. beautiful it might it 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 could have been a hundred miles away to this gentleman who was sitting there talking about hey this path was built it's you know what good is it to us it's so far away and how do how do i get there and it you know it's not it's not for us yep and and us being the african-american community and and of course i'm sitting in this meeting at this point i am an lci i do ride that i ride that trail probably whoa, in the summertime 2 3 times a week i just ride it i I just, I just enjoy it however to him it was so far away and all he had to do was cross you know one street there is a crosswalk there believe it or not which is good and literally from you know a few hundred feet there's the trail but to him it didn't matter so how do we fix that how do we fix that yeah so what our organization in new haven is doing we're trying to plan um, classes throughout the neighborhoods in new haven and um and meeting in outdoor places let's say near the trailer at the trail so um uh, you know, of course, wherever we are, we're making sure we've got access to restrooms and facilities, but close to the trail so they could see it's walkable, it's rideable. And um, that's that's a mindset that how do you change that? Right. Then on the other side of that, how do you change the mindset of the drivers in these inner city communities who don't Understand or respect cyclists, or feel they're, um, you know, in the way. Now, in North Carolina, where I cycle, and Maggie, you're familiar with this. Um, it, it where I am in North Charlotte, it's the drivers are very polite, you know, for the most part. You know, they ride around you, they wait for you, they wave you on. You know, they're very respectful. Compare and contrast that to inner city new haven you can do all the right things and someone will just come speeding around and honk at you because you're wrong i mean if you're already crossing the street and someone is coming down the street 40 miles an hour in a 25 mile an hour zone well we know who's going to lose that argument however yes. they shouldn't be doing that and then cuss the cyclist out because we're doing our thing Rightfully so. Yeah. So how do you educate? How do you change that?
0: I, I don't have any magic answers. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I think it's, I think it's a cultural question. It's an infrastructure question. It's a question of why are we all in such a hurry to get somewhere? Um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) But Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, Well, What advice do you have for other women or underrepresented groups um, who are considering getting into cycling? I know earlier you mentioned you just got to get out there and do it, but do you have any other advice? You've got to get out there and do it. And I honestly think many should just reach
2: out to their local bike groups. Every community has one, if not in that community, in that city, in that town, to just reach out. And and just do it, and and ride. And um, you know, as as a when I was joining shop rides, you know, sometimes I'm the the expression, you know, the raisin in the room, the only raisin in the room, and uh, lovingly so. I mean, that's a that's a term lovingly so, but um, I would be the only one on you know the ride who was a minority person. Mm-hmm. You know, there would be women, great, but a minority woman and um, some very welcoming. Some, why are you here? And and, and not rude, not mean spirited, but this is really not your thing. Mm -hmm. You know, but not told I don't belong, but the actions or the words or the body language was not as welcoming, you know, and I could sense that sometimes and then um, ride once and don't have to ride again. I mean, I'm not, they're not doing me a favor and I'm not doing them a favor. So I think it's important, wherever you choose to ride, you have to be comfortable, mm-hmm. you have to be yeah. welcome. And, uh, and especially when you in with youth and all, even if you just do rodeos with them, you know, get them together together, Become a, an instructor, a certified instructor. I think that's important, and uh, and and or at least take the smart cycling class so you can understand, you know, the principles of safe riding. And yeah. you know, hold rodeos in the neighborhood and, and get the kids involved and get the parents involved. Um, many schools have what they call traffic gardens. I know mm-hmm. you're, you're familiar with them, and and that's helpful to get the kids, you know, riding, you know, especially inner city. Yeah, um, there's an organization in in New Haven that does this, and we did this with the last school I worked with. We have graduation rides for the kids. Oh my gosh! So God. they go through the, the the program. You know, we call up the police department, make sure you know we can have an escort or two because that just throws they're, they're special. You know, they've gone through our course. You know, so to say, so to speak. And they have their police escort. And we have a little celebration at the end of the ride. And these kids are amazing. And when you see, you know, 15, 20, you know, children, mostly all of color, the neighborhood support, the the cheering, the, the applause that these kids get, it's just, it's just wonderful.
0: And we need more of that.
2: We really yeah. need more of that. Yeah.
0: One of the things that i've loved seeing on social media these past couple of years is like these wheelie crews so it's typically like kids who are in their teens maybe kind yes. of all over but primarily in their teens riding incredibly joyfully through inner cities doing wheelies and that, doing tricks and that's right now and not to interrupt you but
2: please that, but but that is also um a sore spot for many these young riders that are out there doing their thing it's an art form it really it, is it's art it's talent what they need is a place to do that mm-hmm. we build skate parks you know some cities have velodromes you know yeah, where you can go riding and doing your thing but do we have a place for these young men and women to do their thing their art form now some communities do have rides for this purpose. And the adults and young, you know, teens out there doing their thing. and I have no idea how to ride on one wheel. Me neither. I've I've never tried it. I'm sure if I did, I would enjoy it. I don't, I don't know, but I, I'm comfortable on two wheels on the (laughs) ground. Yeah.
0: You know, I think I think they should be able to ride in the street. It's just like any other group, you know. If you've got the the Lycra crew out there with their spandex and their fast ten thousand dollar bicycles, the kids doing wheelies have just as much right to be in the street as anybody else on a bicycle or on a car or in a car. Hopefully not on a car. (laughs) Fortunately, many
2: are are not safe. So if you're doing this in five o'clock traffic downtown anywhere. It could be dangerous because the driver doesn't know what to expect. That's right. one of the rules, you know, the need to know is that we teach in smart cycling to be predictable. Because if you're predictable as you drive a car, you, 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 the cyclist is predictable. The driver knows what to expect. But when, yep. you know, that person is, you know, wheeling and turning and swerving and driving and so riding in circles, it's unpredictable. And that's the danger part of it. Yeah, that's the scary thing. And then you've got folks that just want to cuss them out and make them miserable. But it's
0: it's an art form. And I truly, truly think it should be embraced. Agreed. Absolutely. We'll put up some links to some YouTube videos in the comments, because if you've never seen the kind of riding that these wheelie groups are doing, like Lita said, it really is an art form and yeah. it's almost like dancing on their bicycles. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's truly spectacular.
1: Well, and I think it's, you said something that is super key. We are so much in a place right now where everybody's like, you're either on this end of the fence or you're on this end of the fence. And we've got to figure out how to work the gate because like with these guys, they deserve an opportunity to do their art form and ride the way that they like to ride. So instead of just being mad that they're doing it, what can we do to make everybody that's in their cars and out of that situation safe and happy? but everybody that's out there doing their art form safe and happy as well. There's a lot more middle ground than anybody is willing to accept. Uh, and it feels to me like cycling is a great place to start raising that awareness. Cause I feel like we have a lot of areas where the middle ground is a little easier to see. And if we, if we can come together in conversations like this and other ones that are being had, we can start making people realize there's a lot more gray area really than there there is.
2: is. And these groups are learning skills. They're learning how to negotiate among each other.
1: Mm -hmm. They're,
2: they're teaching each other. So there are skills, life skills being taught, you know, that the same skills in a, in a football team or a baseball team, those, those skills, granted they're on a bicycle, um, new Haven, um, has constructed some skate parks you know recently which you ride by at night it is lit up it's quiet it's well quiet I mean relatively skate quiet (laughs) but they're just doing their thing you know up and down their ramps and on their edges and whatever one does on a skateboard (laughs) but but they're they're fellowshipping they're working and playing with each other and they're riding with each other and teaching a skill and and demonstrating their skills. This no different with this, you know, freestyle cycling. Yeah. It really, it really isn't.
0: Yeah. And I think conversations like this will help normalize it. And um, you know, I think people just get angry when they see black joy. And it makes me really sad. Um I've been listening to a lot of creators this month, um, black women and just talking about how important it is to show black joy, um, instead of all the trauma that we continually, excuse me, continually see. Um, so I hope that, you know, they continue to ride their bikes and find their source of joy as we all do.
2: But it's, I think it's very important and, um, and, and, and the communities have to find a way to understand and embrace that as opposed to looking at as why are you in the street and get out of the street? You don't belong here. You such and such, you know, naughty work person no, no, you do belong out here but let's find a way that you can be out here and be safe you know um, some some cities will close their streets you know to motor cars certain days of the week or certain hours of the week. so why can't that happen for these kids you know a, a certain you know route or road you know closed off for a couple hours and that's your time not you know go go do your thing. Yeah. but um, why not? Why not?
0: Why not? That's, That's a great the question. Point. Yes. Yep.
2: <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. So whether you're riding on a road or you're riding on trails or you're riding, you know, you know, in the woods, you have to be safe
0: no, no matter
2: what. And I think there's something for everyone and just the perception of, you know, for most, you know, African-American people who are not as a culture exercising, you know, every day or getting out there every day or walking every day or thinking that they can be physical, you know, and, and they may say, well, you know, I'm, you know, to this, I'm to that, I'm to, th-. no, you know, no, you're not, you're not too old. You know, it's never too late to learn. It's it just, just learn and you know, some of our students are in their, you know, mid fifties and, you know, early sixties doing their thing. So it's, they're not 16, you know, or 14 or 13, you know, able to hit the payment and bounce off. So, um,
0: it's, there's something for everyone. There is the bike is life-changing. I was just reading a study this morning, actually, that, um, walking and biking are obviously both human powered transportation, but you're apparently like three to four times as energy efficient on a bicycle as you are as a pedestrian. Um, so I know a lot of older folks, my mom actually relearned how to ride a bike this summer because yeah. And she loves it. Um, I need, we're working on getting her an e-bike, um, because that just opens up so much more mobility to her as she is getting a little older. Um, But I guess question for you, Lita, is oftentimes, you know, folks cite the barriers of cost um, to learning how to ride a bike. Do you know of any resources, um, you know, for folks who might want to learn, but they don't have a bicycle? Are there like, for example, the classes you teach, are there bikes to borrow or there organizations that are giving out bikes? Um, Very good question.
2: So many towns have what they call co-ops. And, and bike co-ops, so you don't have a bike, but you can go and you might pay. I, you know, when we're not talking a lot of money, it could be five dollars. And I know for some that is a lot of money. I get yeah. that. But you work on your bike. You you do the work yourself. You in time buy your you know pieces that you your parts that you need, and when your bike is road ready, that bike is yours. And so that's. That's one way um, there are organizations we, you know, always accept donated bikes, you know, as well. And again, there are places that will work on your bike and fix it up and help you, you know, mm-hmm. to do that. So I think that's important, but the barriers can be, um, you know, perceived to be high. Does everybody need to buy all that expensive clothing? Absolutely not, No. Nope. You know, as long as you're comfortable, you know, if you're wearing pants or jeans, you have a way of binding your leg or rolling it up, pant leg, or rolling it up so it's out of the gear, you know, that's all you need. Right. If you want to ride for lots and lots of miles, you might want to consider, you know, some padded shorts. But other than that, what are you comfortable in and what is visible, what is bright? Yeah. Um, one, one of the things that just saddens me. Um, when I see folks out there in dark colors, mm. you know, riding along. Now, granted, you one can wear whatever they choose. I get that, but why not put some reflectivity on it? Why not, you know, wear your orange beanie or your, you know, something bright with it? I think that's, you know, important.
0: Um, you know, it's yeah. funny. Oh, sorry to interrupt, but when no. I first started riding, uh, maybe not when I very first, but towards the middle years, I guess, I kind of had an anti-high Visibility complex where I would like to ride in dark stuff, I would still have lights on. And now that I, I guess, I'm a little older, I'm like, what Mm -hmm. was I thinking? And granted, we're not here to bike shame, just like you said, people can wear whatever they want to. Um, but I mean, the facts don't lie, more and more people are getting hit by cars all the time. Um, so I think whatever you can do to make yourself visible, um, is really, really important to stay safe.
2: Well, the the whole human form is very recognizable. So if you have reflective on your leg you know pant leg that's always moving or when you're walking that that reflectivity is there easily recognizable and identifiable it's 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 just innate to to a human being so that's one of the best things you can do um i just want to cycle back to something we said earlier about and educating you know getting people involved for those who let's face it if you in inner city or had no job or wanted a job, you could walk someplace in 10 minutes and that that would be about it, right? 15 minutes and how far would you get? But on a bicycle in 10, 15 minutes, how far can you get? Yeah, You can get a lot further. So what does that do? It opens up your circumference of how far you can go for employment opportunities.
1: Definitely. So
2: then one of the things that the league has as one of their programs is bicycle friendly businesses. So you you get to your your workplace, you have to change, you need a place to secure your bike or lock it up. Um, You know, you want a place to at least freshen up. So are those available to you when you get to work? So you can, you know, take off that sweated shirt and, you know, put something dry on or you know, whatever. So those are all things to consider as well. But it opens up so many opportunities. And, um, and, and some of the work we do with um, victims of domestic violence and abuse, when the car is taken away, sometimes that's the only access out. So, um, you know, something to consider as well, you, you knowing how to ride a bike, or at least, you know, how to keep, keep your bicycle up if you have one. Yeah. Could
0: could be life-saving. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. Um well we're kind of coming to the end of this. This has been an absolutely joyful conversation, but we like to close out every interview with two questions. Um okay. what does your perfect day on a bicycle look like? Perfect day. Okay, have to pack some snacks. Of, of course. course. Yes. And
2: As long as as it's pretty, you know, Uh, of course, no rain. I'm not a fan of riding in the rain, but I want it, you know, sunny. I want it to be warm and believe it or not afternoon into dusk and night that I, I really enjoy sunsets, you know, out there on the rides or sunrises. So night to morning, that's, that's my sweet spot. That's ideal. Mm. you know, to, you know, have the sun come up on your day and you've crested a hill and there is, you know, something fun to look at, beautiful to look at, or just watching the day settle down. You've done that ride, you start out and as it gets darker, it's quieter because you're concentrating, right? Because you've got to focus more. You've got some senses that are being compromised in the dark. Very sweet. That's fun to me.
1: That sounds
0: so joyful. That just makes me dream of like long summer days out riding for hours with no particular place to go, but just going for a ride. Sun goes Mm.
2: down, sun goes down, figure it out, turn on your lights, you know, you're prepared
0: and just enjoy the ride. And you got your bright clothes on or your reflective strips. So you're safe. Yes. And you said you had two questions to close out with. Yeah, yes. I'm, I'm letting Maggie do this next. one. Yeah. So ah.
1: the so the other one is you have so many things that you do. If there is there one thing that you wish more people asked you about that you get to talk about a little more.
2: Oh my goodness! In the realm of cycling. Maybe in the, anything... in the realm
1: of your life.
2: Oh, in the in the realm of my <laughs> life. Um, do I wish somebody to. <laughs> There's nothing in particular. It, it there really isn't. It's yeah. just being interested and and having that exchange. You know, learning about what makes me tick or what organizations are I'm warm and fuzzy to, and vice yeah. versa. Because you you could spread the joy that way. Um, you know, even this podcast reaching a whole population that never was on my radar screen, you know, absolutely. Just something I just took for granted because, you know, I ride, everybody should ride and no questions asked, no judgment made, no, no anything, just come along for the ride. And, and I just think that's so wonderful. And I want to be asked about that. And I welcome and learn about other organizations that are doing that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, where can folks find you if they would like to connect with you or learn more about some of the work you're doing? Are you on social media? Um, or is there a good place where folks can reach out to you?
2: Uh, I do have, um, my email address and phone is on the league of American, um, bicyclist website under coaches. So, um, each state, if you go on to find a class, your state, um, and I'm listed right now in Connecticut, even though I go back and forth between here and North Carolina and you could find me and my contact information is there. Wonderful. Know, as well. um, no, I don't have TikTok. I think I have an Instagram account. Um, I think
0: it's overrated. <laughs> yeah. You're not missing out <laughs> on anything. <laughs>
2: um, <laughs> I, uh, and then that's it. I'm not social media savvy, you know, not like, you know, my kids are, but um I don't think I need to be.
0: No, I think that's perfect. I think you're making your impact on the world and you're doing a phenomenal job at it. So we really appreciate the time that you spent today and the time Absolutely. you spend every day teaching people to ride and making a difference.
2: Yeah. My pleasure. I this has just been a wonderful conversation. And again, I applaud your organization. You know, I I love what you do and gee I wish
0: I thought of it (laughs) (laughs) well you can always be involved with it and we'll definitely be in touch about opportunities for that so please please
2: really I I welcome that if seriously if you want you know a class taught or Mm -hmm. you know an LCI seminar done you can request a coach that would be me and um and if timing works out I I relish the opportunity
0: awesome yeah. thank you so much lita highsmith you've been You're a delightful welcome, yes. guest and i know i've learned a lot hopefully you all have too thank you maggie thank you yes. marley so much thank you Be well you Be too blessed.
1: this is an all bodies on bikes podcast powered by feisty media the show is produced by maggie and marley and edited by the team at feisty media thanks for listening we <laughs> oh,